Yes, I'm singing this. <laughs> That's right, folks. It's December. Some of the people are talking about Christmas, but let's be real. It's Star Wars time. And we're going to talk a little bit about the latest film, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, on Episode 46 of the podcast. Cue the music. everyone to the Entertainment Buffet Podcast. I am one of your Jedi hosts, Brandon Prosek. And I'm the other Jedi, Jessica Quaz. Yes, and uh, one of us may turn to the dark side, one of us may stay in the light, maybe we'll be gray Jedi. A lot of people thought that was a thing. Uh, <laughs> and we're going to talk about um, not only Episode 8, The Last Jedi, but we're going to have a little bit of a Star Wars discussion. So just to let you guys know, we're going to have a discussion where there's no spoilers for The Last Jedi. We will give you a clear indication when there will be spoilers. So don't worry, you're not going to be spoiled until we let you know. So if you want to listen to half the podcast, then pause it, go see the movie, come on back. But uh, seriously, guys, the, it's the first weekend. Why haven't you seen it already? Like, either you have to either be in a coma, a hospital... Or, like, a damn good excuse. Because I I saw it literally twice Thursday night. Jess, how many times have you seen it? So far, only twice. But I'm going back home for <laughs> Christmas, and I have a lot of Star Wars friends, so I feel like that number is going to increase when I see it with them. Agreed. So, as I said, we're going to do a little bit of a discussion on something Star Wars related that I've actually written about and I want to kind of bring to Jess and see what she thinks because she's a, a big Star Wars fan as well. Now, let me just say, neither of us are claiming to be like the biggest Star Wars nerds like of all time. Like we haven't read all of the extended universe stuff and like I've, I've read some Marvel comics, Star Wars, but like we are mainly the movie nerds. We're fans, but I, I know some freaky fans out there that I'm like, all right, some of us like to be fans of other things, too, and not just Star Wars. <laughs> so let me just preface that. So neither of us, Jess, would you agree, are claiming to be the biggest Star Wars fans ever? No, 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 no. I love the movies dearly, and I'm obsessed with the movies and the universe, but I'm like you, where my knowledge with the extended universe is a little stop short. Um, I've seen a bit of the Clone Wars, uh, but other than... And yeah, I've read a few books but I couldn't tell you which ones and they were so long ago so I, I as much as I love it I haven't taken like the deep dive into the universe like some people have yes so get that out of the way um let people know um we're gonna skip uh <clears throat> what we watched this week because one of the big things we both watched like since last time was Star Wars so you're pretty much gonna get that in the later half of the episode but well we can always continue on that next episode catch you up on some other stuff we've been watching yeah like i know i've watched things this week but i did not remember it because all i've been thinking about is the last jedi so anything i did watch like i don't i don't even remember i don't even care about <laughs> so 
Here's a discussion I wanted to bring to you, Jess, and I wanted to bring this discussion to all of our listeners. Please, I would enjoy you email, tweet, comment, respond. I want to hear some feedback because I've, I've really brought this up to only a few friends who are Star Wars fans or film nerds. So, we, you know, we're in a resurgence of the Star Wars. There was a 10-year gap between the prequels, which were really hated, and we've had Force Awakens. We've had our first anthology film, and now... We've had episode eight. So we're still getting back into, you know, Star Wars being around fully. And every time a new Star Wars movie comes out, people are like, where does it rank? Because everyone has a different favorite. Some people love the original and the original can't be beat. Some people love Empire Strikes Back. Usually those two are towards the top. Some people say Return of the Jedi. Now some people say Force Awakens, Rogue One. Now maybe even episode eight. We'll get into that later. But I've realized that when everyone's ranking them that whatever the new film is, is always compared to the original three, which, if anyone doesn't know, now they're referred to as, like, episode four, five, and six, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. It always goes back to these ones. So, my discussion is, do we think, Jess, that we will ever have a new Star Wars film that people will definitively, not just some people, some fans, but, like, definitively, like, across the board for the most part, referred to as better than any or all of the original three Star Wars? Well, I would have to say no. I don't think we're ever going to get a movie like that. But I want to say, first of all, I grew up with Star Wars. Um, I was obsessed with Star Wars as a kid. I watched the movies religiously. I, I had all the action figures. I had a little Millennium Falcon that opened up and they could walk around. It was really dope. Um, so I don't know what it's like to not have Star Wars in my life. And therefore, I don't know what it's like to be sort of new to the universe. Um, it's been around forever. <laughs> for me, anyway. Um, so for me, I... I have such an emotional attachment to the originals in that, like, I grew up with them. I would watch them with my dad. They were some of the reasons why I got into filmmaking uh, because it was Star Wars that really made me realize that there's a whole universe that's made by people behind a camera. It was really that that kind of opened that up, and I realized that that's what I wanted to do. So for me, it's on a, a whole different level, and I don't think that any movie coming out in the Star Wars universe can match that feeling because there's just, there's the history won't be there. Um, I think in my opinion, uh, force awakens did have that nostalgia factor, which was why I really loved it. Um, it's not necessarily everyone's favorite movie and I understand why, but for me, seeing these characters on the screen again was so exciting. I had been wanting an extension of this story for so long and with force awakens, it kind of gave us that. And so I cried like a baby when I first saw it for that reason. Because, oh my god, Han and Chewie are in the Millennium Falcon. Oh my god, there's Leia. Like, so, so it had that. And that's why I think I loved Force Awakens so much and saw it ten times in the theaters like a crazy person. Um, because it sort Wasn't of had a little bit of the... I don't even know at this point. <laughs> I lost track. <laughs> I think, like, I... I know I was over nine. Anyway, I don't know. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, it had a little bit of that, like, magic in it. Not to the full extent that the originals had, but it had a piece of it. And that's why I loved it. And I just... But even then, even watching it and enjoying it and seeing all these characters together again, 
it didn't quite have that feeling that I have towards the originals, just because it's not the original. Yes, so I'm gonna I'm gonna respond to a few things you said that why I totally agree. We will never live in a time where Star Wars wasn't a thing. Like that's why I think I agree. I don't think there will ever be one. Like sure, some people can have a favorite, but because uni- mostly universally across the board. Everyone says Empire Strikes Back or the original are the best. And they have ever since 77 and 80 when they came out. Now, what you said about like the nostalgia. When the prequels came out, everyone was like, this is not what I grew up with. This is this. It was so much better. Like, so like that's why that received so much backlash is because it was so different and you know, like not what they were used to. We, there's a whole podcast we could talk about just the prequels and why they didn't work for most people. But the originals, like you said, were so revolutionary that in 77, both like this film and Jaws in uh, like a couple years prior were the first blockbusters. They created the summer blockbuster that like it would drive everyone to the theaters. The you gotta see this. And they would see it multiple times, tell all their friends, all their friends see it multiple times. And it was a box office juggernaut, just like Jaws was. And it was for years. Like, I, I don't know if it was one that it held out until, like, E.T. topped it or Titanic, but, like, it held out for years as one of the biggest box office grossing films because it was so different, because they didn't, like, try to explain every little thing. They did the opening scroll, and they just threw you into this world. And so the reason why I don't think... And another part is iconic characters. So... At the time, you know, Harrison Ford was, like, not really a known name. He became one of the most famous movie actors of all time, creating Han Solo, and he was Indiana Jones. Uh, Vader became one of the greatest villains of all time. Leia became best, probably, female character, badass of all time. And just Luke Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Yoda... All these characters became so iconic that like you can't even bring up those characters without people knowing who you're talking about. R2-D2, those things are everywhere with merchandise. Lightsabers, the Force, Millennium Falcon, hyperspeed, you know, light speed, all these things. Like It is so ingrained in our culture, and that's because that was our first exposure for so many people that I don't think we'll be able to ever say like that this new movie, whatever it comes, if it's an anthology film or maybe episode nine or episode eight or anything like that, episode 12, if they go like more, you know, because it's just what we know. And like so many times when you do come across someone who doesn't know Star Wars and I have in the past, like you show them the originals first, because even though the technology may look out of date, it's still revolutionary for that time and was mind-blowing. And I think it's hard for people... I mean, the twist with Vader being Luke's father is still considered one of the best movie twists. Not sci-fi, not action movie, not Star Wars twist. Greatest movie twists of all time and, like, most famous quotes of all time. So it's like, how can you come up with something that great when nowadays... Like with Kylo Ren, when Kylo Ren came out, everyone's like, is he going to be like Anakin? Or is he going to be more like after he becomes Vader? Is he going to be more like this? Like they're always comparing. 
is Padme or Rey going to be like Leia? Like, it's always a comparison to the old stuff. And so that's why I, I agree. I don't think we're ever going to... Like, there may be films that are damn great or maybe even better, but I don't think anyone's going to admit it because I think these original trilogies are on a pedestal. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that they don't belong in the zeitgeist of, like, greatest movies and sequels of all time. But, yeah, I don't see it happening. <laughs> like, what do, you, what do you think, Jess? Like, all the iconic stuff that it has. I mean, I agree with you. I think that, like, you, you use the word revolutionary, and that's really what the originals were uh, for many reasons. And you listed a few. And it became so ingrained in our culture. And like we've said, we don't know a world without it. And we don't even know a world, like, at least I don't know a world without it in my life, personally. You know, like my, my dad was a big Star Wars fan. That's how I got into it at a very young age. Um, so I just, I love them so much for so many different reasons. And I just don't think it's possible to recreate that feeling. Now, but that's for me. So when I think of that for myself, I think of myself as an audience member going to see future Star Wars movies or when I saw The Last Jedi. I keep in mind that you can't come in with that predisposition of comparing it to the originals because it's not going to be the originals. But like you said, that's not a bad thing. It's actually a really cool thing because we have nowadays in these Star Wars films, we have diversity, quite frankly. Like we have little girls who now can play pretend with their lightsabers and pretend they're Rey. You know, that's so exciting. We have people that look like us, that feel like us, that are in these Star Wars movies, and that's really great. So now I think about how I grew up with all these action figures where Leia was the only girl, and now all of these little girls can have these exciting new toys of Rey and Holdo and all these things. So, like, the, so while like of course they're all in the same universe and of course they're different films i think we also just have to remember that our own relationship to star wars no matter who we are is very different and you know we don't have to talk about it just yet but i think that that plays a role in the response to the last jedi i think people came into the last jedi with their own preconceived notions and if the movie hit it or not, that's what kind of had the impact of whether or not I'm going to like it. So I think from like here on out, when it comes to Star Wars, you almost, while again, it's in the same universe, you almost have to like shed your feelings about the previous movies in order to judge them based on what they are on their own. And, and maybe how that fits in the puzzle, but... I don't think you're ever going to get another Empire Strikes Back, and I say that because that's my favorite movie of all time. Not just my favorite Star Wars movie, it's my favorite movie of all time. I know there's not going to knock anything off that. It's going to be number one until I die, because I love it. Um, so I'm never expecting another Star Wars movie to be an Empire Strikes Back, but I am expecting them to be good, or to be different, or to have their own sort of unique... A way of pushing the story or, or being something exciting and new but within the Star Wars realm um, so I, to me personally I don't think I'm ever going to feel the same way about another Star Wars movie or maybe another movie in general than I do with the originals yeah and like that's I think that's the other thing too Jess is like you said this is your favorite film of all time the original Star Wars is in my top 10 movies of all time like a lot of people whether that's filmmakers were inspired to get into film for 
Star Wars or just that that like that was their nerdy thing that they loved as a kid or like they connect with their family like Star Wars is such a generational thing compared to so many other franchises because like now superhero movies maybe not as many parents see it like maybe it's a certain age age demographic but like even like my parents who like are by no means movie buffs by no means like nerds in any way they still are just like Oh yeah, the new Star Wars is coming out. Like, is it good? You know, like they <laughs> they know about Star Wars. And yeah. So yeah, I know so many people like that. Yeah, and so I it's I and and I'm not saying I don't want it to happen. Like I I want the movies to keep getting better. Uh, I want them to learn from past mistakes. You know, we'll talk kind of like how we uh, compare maybe Force Awakens to the Last Jedi. And so forth. Um, if you want to catch, we have, we just brought back a mini podcast on this feed. Film tweakers, Josh and I, film tweaked Force Awakens, the, literally the night before Last Jedi. So, um, yeah, I I just wanted to bring that topic up, and we can move on. <laughs> we can move on to our review of Last Jedi. But please, listeners, I want some listener interaction. Comment. Email us, entertainmentbuffet at gmail.com. Tweet at Jess, tweet at me, tweet at entertainmentbuffet, Facebook comment, whatever you got to do. I want to hear some discussions. Do you think Star Wars, the original trilogy, is put on a pedestal? Like, I know they're good. They're not perfect movies. But do you think we've put them on pedestals in our own mind and they're untouchable? They're inser- like they, they can't be passed up. Or do you think that's totally untrue? We just haven't made a good enough movie yet to pass them up. Um, but before we move on, any other closing thoughts on that topic, Jess? Um, well, you know, I know for myself that I have put it on a pedestal. And I know for myself that there will be no other movie that will beat Star Wars. But that's just me. I want, like I said, everyone has their own relationship to Star Wars, and that's sort of the magic of it. Everyone comes in and has their own feel with it. So, like you said, Brandon, I want to hear what you guys have to say, too. Maybe you disagree with me. I want to hear why, because um, I'm interested. I don't know any other perspective, because I don't know what it's like to not have Star Wars in this way that I love it. Exactly. And that was actually, um, we'll, we'll kind of, we'll segue, let me do the spoiler warning. So... Guys, if you uh, have not seen Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, go ahead and pause the podcast. Don't delete it. I know it's very easy to delete stuff on the podcast app on Apple phones or whatever you're listening to this on. Pause it. Keep us in mind. Go watch The Last Jedi and then come on back and see if you agree with our thoughts on the movie. But this is your official spoiler warning. I've really dragged it out because I don't want anyone complaining that we spoiled things. Final time, spoiler warning. Okay. And, and welcome so back to going. those of you who paused it and went to see Les Jedi. We hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> we've hey, been waiting. Uh, <laughs> we've, we've been waiting. Um, so I saw The Last Jedi with a friend from work. Shout out to Joel Sisto if he's listening. He was someone who... He saw some Star Wars when he was younger, but he ne- it never grabbed him because his parents weren't into it. None of his, like, best friends at the time were super into it. So, like, he saw some of the prequels and some of the originals when he was younger. He thought they were okay. 
but like they just weren't mind blowing to him because like no one else was really into it in his immediate like surroundings. And he always appreciated them and he understood why they had like a fan base, but he just wasn't a big fan, but not a hater, which is I'm like, that's a great place to be. Don't be a hater. <laughs> um, no. So come the, the week of Last Jedi, I was like, hey, have you seen the newer films? He's like, well, which ones do I need to see? Which is always a confusing with the timeline. Thanks a lot, George, doing prequels, screwing <laughs> everyone up. <laughs> I just kidding. like to act like the uh, prequels aren't real. So just do that, and it's so much easier. <laughs> just forget them. It's fine. So, They're terrible. So I tell him, honestly, if you vaguely saw the original trilogy, the main one you need to see is Force Awakens because that introduces some new characters. So I gave him Force Awakens. He watched it the night before, and then Thursday at 7 o'clock showing, we saw The, the Last Jedi. And it was so nice to see with someone like him because he had, like, a fresh perspective on it. And I'm not going to get into, like, all of his thoughts, but you brought that up. Like, you'll never know life without Star Wars. Like, this is one of the closest I could get is someone who was just kind of, like, okay with it, (laughs) but not a big nerd. Um, He was just like, hey, that was fun. And I was like, oh, (laughs) this is so nice. Someone who's not a big nerd but also not a hater of it. Um, A middle ground. Very rare. Very rare. So, uh, Jess, I'll let you kick this off. What were your initial reactions to seeing Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi? So, I, like you, saw it twice. I, I saw it once on Thursday night, and then I saw it again on Friday. When I first saw it, I felt like afterwards, I knew I liked it, but... That was sort of it. I felt like for me, because we'd spent like two years, you know, trying to figure out what this meant and where it was going to go from Force Awakens. Like, I needed to just watch it once, get all the expectations out of the way, see what happens. All right, saw it, got it. And then I need to go back and revisit it to like actually formulate how I feel about it. So like... I knew I didn't hate it. (laughs) Like, I did not walk out of the theater mad. I did not walk out angry. I did not start tweeting. I was just like, all right, okay, all right. Was not, I did not see that coming. Did not see that coming. All right, okay. And then once, like, I had a few hours processed it, went and saw it again. During that second screening, I was like, all right, I love it. I actually, I do love it. Um, I will say it's not a perfect movie. There are definitely some things I did not like. But the things that I did not like are so small compared to the things that I loved. So I I loved it. I'm in the camp that loves it. Okay. And, and it's funny, like one thing you did point out, it's not a perfect film. But let me just say, controversial, none of the Star Wars are perfect films. <laughs> like um, they're all... Totally not. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's issues <laughs> like they with all, all of them. <laughs> That we all gloss over because the other stuff is awesome. So, like I said, I saw it Thursday at the 7 o'clock showing, and I I decided with myself, I've never done a back-to-back showing of a movie, and I was like, you know what? I am usually up late anyway. I got nothing else planned tonight. Maybe I'll just go and see it again at, like, 10.30. I, like, won't even leave the theater. Just, like, walk around, go to the bathroom, fill up my popcorn, and go back in. So I did, and it's funny... Both you and most of the people I've talked to, the first time they saw it, they're like, I'm still thinking about how I like it. 
or if I don't. Like it, it, it like it would hit people, and it, it they needed to think about it. They needed to see it again. They needed to digest, which I thought was a very interesting because Force Awakens came out and everyone's like, I love it. Besides, like some haters. So this time around, it was very interesting to see people kind of like, huh, all right, I need to see it again. Um, so I was very glad to just go right back in and see it again because, like you said, hyped for two years since Force Awakens, what's going to happen, lots of mysteries to answer, theories, fan-fictioning people. You just had to see it all, and now, like, when I saw it the second time, I could be like, okay, let me look for this, let me see this. I know that this is going to happen, but let's just watch it. So I am also in the camp that I really, really enjoyed it. There are plenty of flaws. Like, there are things that I wonder what Ryan Johnson was doing, you know, like, these little things. It's like, oh, if they just did this. Like, I was already getting into film-tweaking mode, (laughs) just wanting to tweak it. But I really enjoyed it. I thought it was so refreshing that he took some chances because what many people don't remember, because a lot of people our age, as we know, Jess, like, grew up where the first three were already out. So, like, we could watch all three. But, like, at the time when Empire came out, it was so another revolutionary film because it just did things differently. Like, and sequels weren't even that big at the time. Like, sequels were just getting going, like, in the 70s, 80s. And this was so crazy, Empire. So then, like, Last Jedi, I also appreciate that they took the same thing. Like, they didn't try to be Empire, but Ryan Johnson took chances. Like, he says, like, you know what, I'm going to try to build new upon what I already love, opposed to, we all know, one of the biggest flaws with J.J. Abrams' Episode Seven: The Force Awakens is it feels very homage repetitive, very similar to A New Hope. And so it just almost felt like such a reboot and like a redo for all the new audiences that uh, us old audiences were like, wait, they just blew up a bigger Death Star? What the hell? Like that we've seen that before. Like how original. So many people complain that. So what does Ryan Johnson do? He gives us something different and some of the feedback has been mixed. Uh, Jess, have you seen the Rotten Tomatoes scores for Last Jedi? Yeah, I totally disagree with it. I cannot believe all the hate towards it. The critics gave Last Jedi about a 93% it was sitting at last time I checked. The fans, the audiences, gave it like a 55-56%, which they said, like, for this franchise and many franchises, that is one of the biggest critic-to-audience drops, like, differences in a long time. Like, usually the audiences love it and the critics kind of hate on it, but for the critics to absolutely love it and the audiences hate on it, it's very weird. So I just wanted to throw that out there, Jess. Um, Get your thoughts on that. I mean, I at one point heard, and this could have changed because it's Rotten Tomatoes, that the audience score for The Last Jedi was lower for Justice League. That's... Insane. I I hope that is not true anymore. They're, like, very similar. That's crazy, because, uh, like, whatever. I don't even want to get into Justice League. Um, I I don't... I think 
You know, I don't know if it was the changes. Like you said, Rain Johnson did not do an homage. He didn't do what people were expecting. And so maybe so many people were just so thrown out of their comfort zone that they didn't like it. I don't know. I, I, I personally, I don't understand it. I think a lot of it, honestly, if I'm being blunt, is because people were so deep into theories for the last two years that they concocted kind of off of nothing. And when they weren't correct, they were mad. They didn't get their, like, I told you so moment. I think that's honestly what a lot of it boils down to, is because none of the theories were right. No one got it right, and everyone wanted to be that one nerdy Star Wars fan to be like, I called this, and no one got that moment. That's what I think. Yeah. Out of the things that, like, I didn't like, none of it actually has to do with, like, the major plot changes to where the story goes. Like, I didn't hate any of that. It was unexpected, yeah, and it threw so, me for a loop, but I didn't hate it. So, before we get into, like, and we'll, we'll do, like, things we didn't like and things we did like. Jess, did you, because I know I did, did you have any theories yourself that you concocted or that you enjoyed hearing other people's? Because, like, some of the big questions were, who the fuck is Snoke? Where did he come from? Is he someone we know? Who are Ray's parents? Um, and like those were, I think, the two biggest ones, would you say, from Force Awakens that were left uh, big question marks? Yeah, those were definitely the theories that were talked about the most, for sure. What, what were your favorites or the ones you pictured happening or concocted yourself? Well, if I'm being honest, none of them. I did not focus on any theories for two years, I swear to you. I was like, you know what? I'm going to find out one day. Like, why waste my time and energy trying to figure it out when I'm going to find out? I, I, I didn't. The only theory exactly. that I thought was amazing, but I knew it wasn't true, was that Snoke uh, was Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> like, I loved that theory because it would have been hilarious. But no, like, I, I mean, I talked to, like, people about it and, and saw things online. But the whole time I was like, I, 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 we'll find out. Like, we'll find out who Ray's parents are. We'll find out who Snoke is. Like, I don't, we'll find out, guys. It's fine. Um, so yeah. for me, I wasn't Which, into that at all. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, I was going to bring that up. And it, it comes from the infamous, like, when I was... Getting so excited for this film, I watched the making of documentary for The Phantom Menace. Have you seen that documentary? Uh, no. <laughs> so there's a part where there's a famous quote. It's like right towards the beginning, too, where it's like it's taken out of like what George Lucas was saying, but he's saying to the crew, it's like, well, Jar Jar's the key to all of this. And like, so oh my Lord. a lot of people are like, is this what he meant? Is that he wanted Jar Jar to secretly. Like be like he was working <laughs> with the emperor to help overthrow things, and like there's all these theories, and I won't get into them. Like you guys can read about them online. Look up Jar Jar like Sith Lord, and like you'll find a bunch of stuff. So <laughs> I enjoyed just like I said, it was humorous, and like I thought something like that could be interesting, but like it wasn't gonna happen. Uh, like the 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 Lucasfilm is trying to like move on from the prequels. Um, but so I really didn't form any theories about Snoke because I was like, you know what? He seems to be like another emperor. Like he's powerful. He's teaching Kylo Ren. He turned him to the dark side. Like who cares? Like what about his backstory? Like, do we really need to know? This isn't his story. He is a part of the story. Like the emperor was never a main character in the original trilogy. People forget 
He wasn't in the first one. He was barely like he was like in a hologram in Empire Strikes Back, and then he shows up in Return of the Jedi. So like he was by no means a main character. Snoke was a hologram in the original in Force Awakens, and then he was a better bigger part in this. But this story is Rey's, it is Kylo Ren's, and then like you have Finn and you got Poe and all these other people. But where is Snoke? Like seventh in line? Like so? Let's let's just say what actually happened. Snoke gets killed by Kylo Ren, where we think he's going to get turned. And then, like, a fight sequence that's pretty awesome, we'll get into later. Um, bunch of people, bunch of people were pissed off about this. Um, and let me just say, I'll just say, I've said on podcasts before, like, what my theory was, was I thought we would see a double turn. I thought Rey would turn to the dark side and Kylo would turn to the light. And going into episode nine, the roles would be reversed. And, like, I liked that idea, but I wasn't someone that was like, mm, I had this cool idea and it didn't happen, and now I'm pissed. I was just like, this will be fun, but I'm interested to see what actually happens. So, with the Snoke death, what, what, what was your reaction? Were you, were you in the camp that was upset that it feels like his character, like, we had no answers about or what was your impressions? Like, I was not like that at all. I was completely shocked that he died. And th- there was a, a second where I was like, no, no, that happened? What? But I, w- I was not expecting him to die. I was definitely expecting him to be in the third movie. But you, like you said, like an emperor, like, like Kylo's mentor. I was never expecting him to be the big bad. I was never expecting him to be this, like, major character. But I was expecting him not to die, especially by the hands of Kylo in that scene. So for me, I was completely unexpected. But I liked how unexpected it was. I liked that I was surprised. I liked that I was wrong. Like, that was really awesome, actually. So I wasn't mad at all. I thought it was great. Okay. I also agree. Like, so many people are fixated on the fact that we don't know his backstory, that we don't know, like how he had the four like the dark side force powers like all these things i'm like guys it is not his story and here's why i like this twist is because like you brought up like with the emperor like we we've seen in all the other star wars films the pupil uh padawan relationship qui-gon and obi-wan Anakin and Obi-Wan, Darth Maul, Count Dooku, uh, the the Emperor, Vader, Vader and the Emperor, like, so many that, like, that drag on, well, not that they drag on, but they, they last a while. And so a lot of people suspected, like you said, that Snoke would last until Episode Nine. Well, Kylo Ren kills him, and what I personally like about this is Kylo Ren has been one of my favorite new characters they created. Kylo is different from Vader because Vader, even though he was uh, like crazy scary, can be controlled. The Emperor would be like, Vader, don't do this. Or Grand Moff Tarkin in the original, Vader, release him. Like he listens to people. Whereas Kylo fucking has tantrums where he just takes his lightsaber out and slices it up like part of the ship. Like, you know what I mean? Like he is like a rabid dog that sometimes like goes berserk. And now, Snoke being dead, he's off the leash. (laughs) So I'm excited for what that means. 
I agree. I think Kylo should be the main leader because there's so many interesting things he can do as a villain. Because you're right, he doesn't really answer to anybody at all. I mean, he killed his own father. Like, he does not answer to anybody but himself. And so having, like, a rogue villain like that is really exciting. So, Jess, what was some other stuff that you'll just say were the flaws that you didn't like about The Last Jedi? So, I have, like, two main flaws that I just would completely change if it was up to me. Um, The first one is extremely minor. The second one, not so much. (laughs) So, one thing that bugged me, and I thought destroyed a character, was Benicio Del Toro's stutter. (laughs) I thought it was yeah. the dumbest acting choice. And I was so furious every time he did it. Like, why did no one stop him? Why was Rain not like, hey, um, maybe don't do that. It was just a really bizarre acting choice. And I really liked the character. Like, he was a really kooky character that I actually really enjoyed watching. But every time he stuttered, it would take me out of it because it felt very forced. And another issue that I had with it is as a character... DJ's, like, pretty confident, and he doesn't really give a shit about what he does or what he says to people, and usually I feel like stutters are for characters or for people who have the opposite, who are more internal and and don't quite have that ability to vocalize themselves, so for me, it just, it didn't, it took me out of it. I could not stand it. I could, I could barely stand watching him because of it, um, so again, very minor, but really took me out of it, and I would totally change that, um, The second major issue is Finn and Rose's storyline. I felt like there was not much going on, and it was very unnecessary in the end. Like, I guess you could argue that, like, they needed to get to the death, or to the ship, or whatever. What was the ship called? I wanted to, I almost said Death Star. The the Dreadnought. Okay, so they take DJ there, and at some point, DJ rats them out and gives them information on the rebellion. So you could argue, which I kind of do, that like, all right, well, maybe they needed to get him there for them to know that this happened, blah, 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 lead to that. But other than that, I felt like that storyline was very pointless. The scenes in Cantabite, like, felt super pointless, which was disappointing because I like seeing different areas of the Star Wars universe. I like seeing new planets and new species. Like, that's really cool. But the whole time they were there, it just felt like, oh, look at this really pretty one percenters of the Star Wars universe. They suck, right? Yeah. And then, like, Rose, I like her tenacity and I like her, like, stick with itness to take down the man. Like, that's really cool. I like that in a character, but I felt like it was misplaced and like misguided and so it it was just a really weird scene and then that led into the the horse release scene what we'll call it where they just like fucked shit up at this casino by like ramming a bunch of free horses through it which felt like something that would have been in the prequels honestly like that sequence almost reminded me of like a pod race where you're watching it and you're like all right this looks cool pod race is way better uh... i know a lot of people like to shit on pod races but pod race was awesome even though it plot wise was shoehorned in 
the sequence See, is cool. That, but anyway. But that's how it feels, though. Like, where it looks cool, looks awesome, but it's like, why is this even happening? Like, what is the point of this going on? Okay, they're freeing the horse. They're sticking it to the man. What the hell does that have to do with the rebellion? You guys, you need a code breaker. Like, get on your job. Like, get it together. Like, I don't know. I, I did not like that scene at all. Um... Honestly, the second time I viewed it, I waited until that scene came on to go to the bathroom because I knew I didn't like it. I was like, I don't need to see a moment of this. I'm going to go use the bathroom. Bye. I'll just, I'll jump on because I agree with both these, but like my problem with Benicio Del Toro is not so much the stutter. Like obviously I don't like the stutter. I think that's kind of like a universal, it doesn't make sense. Um, I don't necessarily like that it's Benicio Del Toro. Because, like, to me, it felt like they got Benicio Del Toro signed on. He's like, yeah, I'll be this character. I'll be really weird, and I'll be this. And, you know, he wanted to do all these acting choices, and they're like, yeah, cool, Del Toro's in our movie. Like, let's let's just have him do his thing. And to me, and, like, it's weird, because I was just reading an article today that, that, that the Blu-rays may feature, like, 20, 30 minutes of deleted scenes that were cut, one of which was, like, scenes of Finn, DJ, and... Uh, I can't even call him DJ. Benicio Del Toro's character and Rose uh, sneaking around the Dreadnought, trying to find the, uh, like, the navigation thing, the, the thing that tracks people through light speed. They're trying to shut that down because... So the uh, Rebellion and the Resistance can't escape. Um... And sorry, guys, we're not, like, going to recap the whole movie for you. We're not going to tell you beat by beat what happened. We're assuming that you've seen it or you're going to see it. So we're just telling you our opinions on it. But I would have preferred that Rose and Finn just go to the Dreadnought themselves and that, like, Rose is a code breaker herself and, like, can also shut down the, the navigation thing. And, like, Finn's the guy who, like, is inside the thing. And then it almost becomes, like, their subplot is, like, not, like, a spy thing, but it's, like, sneaking around, like, because the, the Dreadnought is huge. Like, it's this really large, like, battleship-type thing that, like, imagine them sneaking around trying to find this one thing, and I just thought that would have been so cool is, like, this spy mission happening in the middle of all the other plots happening with Ray and Luke, and then with Poe and, you know, Laura Dern's character. Like, maybe they come across General Hux. And the fact that, like, people could maybe recognize Finn. So, like, I and I hate to sound like I'm rewriting the film, but, like, that's how Benicio de Patero's just felt so out of place for me because he tried to be too weird and kooky. And, like, like you said, in the end, what really happened in their plot? So that's where that whole side bit with the casino thing could have cut it or at least cut it down. Like, especially now that I know that they cut 20 or 30 minutes from this film, I'm like... I really hope that this other stuff isn't better that they did cut because why did we need this sequence, like you said, where they free these animals? It's very... Ugh. So, I guess the other uh, the other things that, like, bugged me was just... Um, and this is, like, a, like you said, nitpicky, is the fact that there wasn't, like, as many lightsaber fights or at least, like, there was really only, like, one lightsaber sequence and it was pretty short... Um, like, I feel like that's such an iconic part of the Star Wars lore that I, I would have just wanted a bit more of it. 
uh, especially because the movie's two and a half hours long. Like, we have time for it. <laughs> and, oh, we got to talk about it really, really quick. Porgs. Oh, Porgs. I love the Porgs. <laughs> okay, yes. Do, they you, are do you like the Porgs? No. Okay, so no. this is what bugs me. People have shit on the Ewoks for decades, literally decades. Like, just hating on the Ewoks. But at least they served the plot. Porgs were literally just something to be cute on the screen. Like, they didn't help Chewie. They didn't help something on the Millennium Falcon. They didn't do something with Luke and Ray. They were just background CGI cuteness to sell, like, the next generation of Furbies. <laughs> I know, like, but they're so cute. I'm more of an only, Ewok girl myself. Ewoks forever, but, like, porns are the, so cute. <laughs> the only thing I will... <laughs> The only thing that I will say was there was a funny sequence where Chewie had killed like a couple porgs and was cooking them, and a bunch of porgs walked up to him like at the campfire, like, oh, oh. like they're just like <laughs> mortified, and like there's one that was even like kind of whimpering, like okay, that's that's because I love dark humor. I'm a sucker for dark humor. <laughs> it was humorous, but porgs didn't need to be in the movie. Or at least they should have been a part of the plot. Um, I guess that those are some of my main things, and like those are the universally the things that keep bring people keep bringing up. Oh, I have something that I both liked and did not like at the same time. <laughs> okay. Okay. So let me just start off by saying that a lot of people tend to forget that the Force is very strong with Leia, okay? We've, we established that in Return of the Jedi. Oh. Uh, yep, yep, you know where I'm going. You know where scene. I'm going. <laughs> so, like, I personally love the idea of Leia using the Force and saving herself and, like, not needing anyone to rescue her. Like, she's got the Force, she's got it. But... At the same time, I did not need to see her flying around the galaxy like fucking Superman. Like, that scene, I love it in theory, but in execution, I hate it. Does that make sense? Yes. So, <laughs> I agree. The idea of Leia now knowing how to use the Force, great. Loved it because we didn't need to see her learn it. We just assumed that over the decades, she learned it. Awesome. That's great. But, um, yeah, her kind of, like, floating through space towards the vessel didn't work. I, like, I propose, like, two, like, alternatives. One, when she gets blasted out the door, like, she doesn't make it out to space. Like, she's, like, maybe, like, almost hanging on and her hand slips. But, like, the force, like, she gets, like, a, like not even, like, a foot away but stops herself and quickly pulls herself back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's, like, almost like a, a little, like, oh, she knows the Force. But it's not like this. They try to make it very poetic, and maybe, like, they really emphasized it after Carrie Fisher died, um, which, like, that's a whole that's a whole thing. Um, it was, like, how are they going to handle this in Episode Nine? And my other alternative was, like, if sh someone had even suggested, like, if she got blasted under rubble, or, like, she had been, sh like, blast to the side, and, like, instead of hitting her head on the wall, she kind of used the force to kind of stop herself. Something like that, where you just get a tease of it, but it's not this long, drawn-out, cheesy, CGI-looking thing. That's where I think everyone's 
upset about how it looks and like it was stupid. It's like no, 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 no. The idea was good. It just it just didn't look the best. But like I think Ryan had a great idea, giving her the force abilities and having her use it just subtly. Yeah, I like your idea of like her still saving herself, but she's still not all that far away from the door. Like where it's in reason. Like okay, I could see that. But I, and I too was also. Like, I like the idea that she lives, but I also might have liked it if she died in that moment. Because the reason why I like that she lives is because she wakes up from being unconscious and and drops these, like, really great, like, like truth bombs and hope bombs. Like, I love the scene between her and Laura Dern. I thought that was so touching and so emotional. I loved that. I don't want that to go away. But at the same time, if she did die in that blast... One that kind of solves the problem of like what's what are we gonna do since Carrie Fisher's dead? Just saying, not to be dark, it does. But also like, that is such a great way to mess with Kylo too because he almost killed her. He considered it and then didn't. What if someone he's in cahoots with does it? Like what is like what would that mean for him as a character? Where would he go? So it was just a really odd scene for a few reasons, and I do ultimately like that she survived it, but. Just the sequence of it was just so extra. It was so weird. And, like, yeah, no, I just was not into her floating around space on her own. I don't know. I just didn't. And, like, yeah. are, are we supposed to take it that, like, the Force is the reason why her whole body remained intact, too? Like, I didn't, like, is that what it's supposed to be? Like, she's one with the Force, so, like, she didn't explode? Like, I didn't, I don't know. I was not super into it. But, again, I like the idea of Leia being her own hero and saving herself and using the force because you're right it's been decades since we've last seen her she of course would hone her skills like of course she would know how to do it but like to that extreme that was a bit much yeah so it seems like these like I said these are a few of the things that are pretty universally being made fun of is that scene the porgs Benicio Del Toro's the whole subplot with Rose and Finn with the casino planet and the those animals, that whole scene. Like, that all seems to be the, the thing that people are hating. And like I brought up before, some people really hate that Snoke got killed off so easily. Um, so I'm going to go into something. This is going to be a transition to things that I liked about the film. So a big question we brought up earlier was Ray's parents. Theories, people said it's Luke's secret daughter. It's Obi-Wan Kenobi's granddaughter. Um, like, maybe it's uh, Kylo's twin sister he didn't know about. Like, there were so many theories over who Rey is related to because it was teased in Force Awakens because Luke's saber called to her. So, they decided in the film that there's a scene, like, right after Kylo kills Snoke and there's an action sequence where Rey and... Kylo fight together against these red guards. Fantastically shot scene. Loved that scene. I want to like, I almost want to go see it in theaters again just to watch that scene. It was awesome. But um, afterwards, Kylo tries to get Rey to join him and take over the galaxy. And he's like, I know who your parents are. And he's like, I think you've always known too. And she says they were nobody. He's like, yeah. They sold you, they were junkers. They sold you for drinking money and like they're dead now, like on Jakku. 
Like you were waiting for them for all these years. They were on your planet, but they were not coming back. And so like, it's very dramatic for Ray realizing that she's not maybe as special as she thought. And here's why I like that. Because so many films and franchises try to intertwine families and but like this shows this breaks the dynamic of not everyone needs to be a chosen one, like a destiny family dynasty chosen one. She's literally a nobody, but the force came to her, that lightsaber was drawn to her because like some people are now like saying, like, she's supposed to be the new symbol of hope for this new resistance rebellion. So that's one thing I really enjoyed the twist that Ryan Johnson gave us that, you know what? And I loved his reasoning. He said in an interview, what's the worst, what's the hardest answer for her as a character that she's no one. That's incredibly dramatic. That's heartbreaking to go decades thinking your family, maybe were killed or they were coming back to rescue you and they sold her off like she was nothing. So what are your thoughts on Ray's parents, real quick, as we're talking about things we like? Well, first of all, I am with you. I actually like the idea of her parents being nobodies because it's very much attuned to the real world. You can be a nobody and come from nothing and become someone or something. You know, that's I, I like that. However... I feel like not enough people are pointing out the fact that our source for this information is actually not the most reliable. Um, Kylo Ren, first of all, is fucking evil. Second of all, he's trying to get her (laughs) on the dark side. He could very well be bluffing. I'm just saying. Like, there is a chance he's a liar because he's sort of evil. So one thing I want to tell people is... There's a third movie coming. We might have more answers in that. So, like, hold up and getting, like, emotionally angry and charged. Because we this is only the second. We still got another one to go. Then you can be all pissed about it. But, like, seriously, though, like, there's a chance that he lied. But if he didn't, what does it matter? Like, the only ones that said Ray had to, like, come from somebody was the fans. And she never did. Like, yeah, as a character that's a big, like thorn in her side as to who her parents are and it would be really interesting if it is true that she came from no nothing um but at the same time like how do we fully know that that's the truth we don't you know we really don't because we heard it from him so that's my thoughts on it if it is true i like it but also like there's like a 20 percent chance in my mind that it's actually not true i don't know i'll find out when the third movie comes out <laughs> Yes, exactly. So it's still a possibility that J.J. Abrams can come back and say, like, all right, no, her parents are somebody. But then that gets to, like, a little convoluted, like, they're somebody, they're nobody, they're somebody. Like, I I like the, the idea that anyone can be the symbol of a rebellion because, like, we all know that the Resistance, First Order, or that the First Order, the Empire, that, tyri- like, this, like, tyrannical superpower is bad for the galaxy. So I enjoyed that twist. I think it was really dramatic, and I'd like to know where like it goes leading into episode nine. So other things I liked, I Mark Hamill, best performance he's done as Luke by far. And he was someone who didn't even like the route Ryan Johnson went with his character, but he still pulled it off amazingly. I think he... 
like if he, I don't know, maybe not awards contenderness, but potentially up there. He's I I thought he was fantastic. I thought the visuals overall were great. Like, sure, you can tell some stuff is CGI sometimes, but a lot of the time it's like, oh, my God, is this actually, like, is, is that a real, like, are X-Wings actual ships? Can we fly X-Wings? Like, <laughs> like If only. The, if only we the, could. <laughs> the the opening bomber sequence uh, with oh, uh, Rose's yeah. sister, she didn't even, like, really say any lines, and it was so dramatic, and you cared about this character, even though, you know, we knew nothing about her. Um, I enjoyed little new things like this forced Skype calling between Kylo and Ray. Um, just little details of Ryan Johnson trying things new. Um, performances, uh, Oscar Isaac, Laura Dern, you, you know, ever, uh, Kylo, Ren, uh, Adam Driver. I thought the acting overall was fantastic. Um, other things you like, Jess. Well, I agree with you. I think that some of the sequences were unbelievable and absolutely beautiful. Like you mentioned, the fight in in Snoke's lair with his like Lady Gaga backup dancers who were his guards. I loved that fight. It was beautiful. <laughs> the red room. It was so cool. And like that second of slow mo where they're like back to back and then they just get into it. I I loved it. Um, I also loved the bombing sequence. I thought that was incredible and such a strong way to start off. And you're right, we don't even know this girl, but we're, like, rooting for her and, like, just all of it. Beautiful. Um, actually, I I liked the fight visually between Finn and Phasma. I thought it was really cool to see Phasma fighting, number one, and her costume with, like, all these lights and things coming off of it and, like, beams flickering off. I thought it was so cool. And the way that she, like spoiler but they're all spoilers falls into the fire like that shot was unbelievable um but in my opinion the most beautiful sequence and the most unexpected and eerie was the jump to light speed suicide mission that was unbelievable like i don't know about you but when i saw it like the whole theater went silent in that second where you just see the ship's be cut apart and it's just silence no no bombing noise i loved that i thought that was so gorgeous i could honestly just watch that on a loop like for two hours like if the movie was just that i would have been totally fine i loved it um so visually it was stunning i'm like you i loved mike mark hamill's performance he was so different but it made sense and i think it worked in a, in a really darker sort of way um but i think my favorite moment of his may have been his redeeming moment where he uses the force to distract kylo ren to help the rebellion out um first of all the the whole sequence of fighting with the red and the white contrast was gorgeous um but i mean to top it all off he gets shot by everything they could throw at him and he comes out of it and dusts his shoulder off like he's fucking Jay-Z. Like, I loved that. That was so epic. That was so, so epic. Like, come at me, bro. I'm Luke Skywalker. It was great. But number one, absolute favorite, favorite moment, Yoda. Yoda. I saw Yoda on the big screen. And I'm not talking about, like, the weird, like, prequel, like, jumping around CGI'd up the ass Yoda, I'm talking about 
Frank Oz puppet Yoda. I died. I was not expecting that. I had no idea. I saw like Frank Oz was at the premiere of The Last Jedi, but I just thought like he's in the Star Wars universe. Of course he'd be there. Whatever. I had no idea that Yoda was going to be there. And to see Yoda on the screen, I died. I actually started crying a little bit. Um, just and dropping his knowledge bombs and like joking and like setting the tree on fire and laughing at it like I loved it that was my favorite moment of the whole film um yeah that's actually a moment that like some people you know like because it looked a little like the puppet looked great but they kind of tried to blend some of the CGI with the puppet and it was a little off but yeah it was a Wonderful surprise. Was not suspecting Yoda to show up at all. I like that he's still teaching Luke things even decades after Return of the Jedi. I've really enjoyed this film. Like, I know there are flaws. We've talked about a good amount of them, and there are more that we're not mentioning even. Um, but it, the, the film was just fun, guys. And it wasn't dumb fun. It was, like, good quality filmmaking that was fun. I agree. I think it's a fun movie. I think it's a good movie, too. And I think at the very least, it's a beautiful movie. It's stunning. And the looks and the cinematography. So, look, it is, it is like we said, it's not perfect. It has its flaws. And believe me, the flaws really upset me. But not enough to have all this hate towards it and all this anger. So... I don't know. And at the end of the day, as much as we love it, it's just a movie. And if you tell me that this movie ruined your childhood, well, then it sounds like you had a really easy childhood if this was the worst part about it. Like, (laughs) you know, like, calm down. (laughs) Like, how how do you let this movie ruin your childhood? Come on. (laughs) Yeah, I... Because I just enjoyed, like, this felt like a Star Wars movie, but it wasn't repetitive and it just, I enjoyed that Ryan Johnson took chances. Like, I'm sorry, like, people saw in the trailers that, like, Luke says the Jedi need to end. But then, like, he gives good reasoning for that. Someone's like, no, the Jedi were, like, the most powerful in the galaxy. He's like, yeah. When they were the most powerful is when, you know, Sidious, uh, or uh, the Emperor Palpatine, took over and created the Empire and, like, Vader and them killed all of the Jedi. <laughs> so... Yeah, like, he had some good points. And, like, and he so, like, said it in I, the trailer. Like, we should have known he was going to be bitter and not be surprised by that. And But there are some people I hate, like, I'm sorry. Some people are like, that's, that, that's, that's not the Luke Skywalker character, this, this, this. And sure, even Mark Hamill disagreed with it. But I hate to say it, guys, but, like, Lucasfilm own the rights to this movie. They gave Ryan Johnson the power and the freedom to cr- to write and direct this movie. He's a fan too. He did this out of love. He thought that this would be a good place for the movies and the franchise to go. He didn't do it to to piss you off. He didn't do it to say fuck, you know, the original movies. You can tell that he loves them. So I'm sorry guys, but like look, it, Whenever you say, like, that's not the character, hate to say it, you're not in the right ability. Like, you aren't in the place to say what the character is. Like, you're not in the room. Like, you're not, you're not someone that's on... Like, even George Lucas, the creator himself, said he enjoyed the movie. And apparently he didn't like Force Awakens. So, I'm sorry, guys. Like, you're just going to have to disagree 
but this is Star Wars canon now. This happened. We can't take this movie away. <laughs> like, it happened. Even the prequels, hate to say it, like, we... We we can dismiss them and shit on them all we want, but they're not going away. Yeah, so they are. They, I'm they gonna happen. ignore them forever. They're not real. They're <laughs> stop. Like there are some some redeeming qualities to them. That's what? a whole different. Let's not get into it at the end of the episode because I there no no fuck the prequels. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, I I really recommend the Last Jedi. Um, I don't think at the moment it's the best Star Wars ever to like kind of wrap up our conversation from earlier but I definitely think it's up there um, quality wise and entertainment wise action you know last thing I'll say is like I enjoyed that this wasn't non-stop action there was slow moments there was character moments there was lessons and themes and emotions it wasn't just like now we need to do another CGI monster go you know, like, there was action, plenty of it, but not nonstop. This wasn't a dumb blockbuster movie. I I loved it. I really did. I really liked it. No, it's not my favorite Star Wars, but like I said, that's Empire Strikes Back. That's not going to be knocked down anytime soon, but it is up there, and it's a good movie. And you know what? I don't know. I just don't understand the hate. I really don't. I, I don't. So... I'd say if you're a Star Wars fan, you probably have already seen it. If you're not a Star Wars fan, I don't understand why you listened to this episode, but go see The Last Jedi. Um, <laughs> I loved it. I, that's all I, all I have to say is that I really did enjoy it. I really did. And we'll, we'll close the episode on some positive notes. Give us ourselves uh, some LOLs of the week. Jess, what's your LOL of the week? So my LOL of the week is very topical. It's in tune with Star Wars. I saw this uh, right around the time that it came out on Thursday night. So you know the uh, distracted boyfriend meme? I believe so. It's like the one, there, there's like, it's a photo of a guy walking with his girlfriend and then like a chick is like walking to his left and so he's turned around looking at her. And, and you know, it's a meme that's exploded. Everyone's sort of done their own rendition of it. I found the best one, which is the guy is walking with his girlfriend that's an Ewok, and he's turned around checking out a Porg. And I think, even though my heart lies with the Ewok, I thought this was hilarious. I, I love it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I'm so glad we both picked Star Wars-related LOLs. Um, so, mine is a tweet. Um, it's from Brian Young, which is at Swank Motron. I, I don't even know who this person is, but they did like a series of tweets. I won't read them all. That basically is referring to the people who are saying they wanted Force Awakens to take more risks. And then this movie took risks and now they're pissed about the risks. So, uh, <laughs> and it's making fun of internet fans now. So, Here's just like one or two quick little ones. I'm supposed to believe that a Mary Sue like Luke Skywalker uses the Force to blow up a Death Star when he only learned it of the Force that day. Give me a break. Internet Star Wars fans in 1977. <laughs> <laughs> um, why is there so much humor in Empire Strikes Back? Like, honestly, why does 3PO even uh, need to be here? This movie doesn't need slapstick crap like that. It should have been darker. Internet Star Wars fans in 1980. <laughs> and one more. 
how dare Irvin uh, Kushner retcon Luke's parents? His father was a Jedi. What makes him think we'll believe it's Darth, uh, Darth Vader? His parentage is too important. I'm done with Star Wars now and don't care how this shakes out. Internet Star Wars fans, 1980. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. It's, but, like, are those not so accurate? <laughs> yeah, they are. Those are dead on. I love that. It's hilarious. <laughs> There's even one that, I'm sorry, it's, I forgot about. It's related to Snoke. I can't even believe Richard Marquand ended Boba Fett so quickly and with little fanfare. He could have been <laughs> such a cool character, but we had to ruin him. Star Wars is ruined. Internet fans, 1983. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love it. Yes. So, as we said, go see The Last Jedi. Please discuss, is Star Wars the original trilogy on a pedestal? What did you think of The Last Jedi? Are you in the hater community or are you in the lover community? Hopefully you're not a hater. Hopefully you're someone that, like us, we see that there are bad points. We just enjoy it. Hopefully you didn't enjoy it, but you see that there are good points. Is that fair, Jess? Is that a nice middle ground? I think so. I think it's fair. And if you hate it, actually tell me why, because all the reasons are kind of ridiculous. I'm just saying. But I want to hear from you guys, too. If you agreed with us or if you didn't, you're totally entitled to your own opinion. I want to hear what you have to say, because this is my Star Wars universe just as much as it is yours. Yes. So, um, where can they find you online, Jess? On Instagram, I am at Quasica. On Twitter, I am at JustQuaz. And if you're interested in hearing more about what I think about Star Wars, I have my blog, Unsolicited Opinions. My latest blog post is about the ladies of The Last Jedi, because love it or hate it, there were a ton of badass women in this, which I was so happy about. So go ahead and read that. That's on my Twitter. And again, that is at JustQuaz. Yes, go check those out. Check her out. Follow um all of her social medias. You can follow me on the social medias at the pros, T H E P R O Z E, both on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and check out all of Entertainment Buffet, entertainmentbuffet.com, Entertainment Buffet on Facebook, YouTube, um, Twitter. And uh, yeah, we have some more videos coming for you, possibly a Christmas sketch coming soon. So be on the lookout. Um, and yeah, uh, rate, review, subscribe. All that stuff, comment, email us. You know, just get in touch with us, guys. I want to open this stuff up for more discussion. And uh, as always, go check out fellow friends of the show, Movie Trailer Trash and The Shelved Podcast when you're done listening to us. Anything else you'd like to say, Jess? May the force be with you always. And also with you. Oh, wait, that's, is that that's church? That's the church, speak? but oh, it works. Yeah. But I, it, ch- is, it is. Star Wars, Wars so is my church, church you know. Yeah, it's the church. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> May the force be with you. And also with you. Yes, there you go. You got the joke. <laughs> <laughs> amen. No, amen. ending it on, no. Let's not end the show on amen. May the force <laughs> be with you. 